Romancing the Dungeon is intended for mature audiences, as this show contains adult themes. But, like, not those kind of adult themes, unfortunately. Just sensitive stuff that some audience members may find upsetting. Content warning for specific episodes can be found in episode descriptions. Romancing the Dungeon, a softcore D&D podcast about heroes navigating their daily lives while looking for love in a world full of peril, monsters, and heartbreakers. Last time on Romancing the Dungeon. The city of Tezrab is on fire. Una Isidrim appears on the wall. You recognize the mark of the Empress. Oh, fuck. We have to make sure that the gates last while we get people out of the city alive. From both hands, just this radiant fire begins to burn. Sekhmet Tenderson single-handedly saves the southern gate. A figure lumbers out of the dark, this gemstone glowing around their neck. Father sops greases its way up the road. Where's Marilla? Where um, Where are them kids? I sent the kids back to the copper rabbit. You need to get them, and you need to get them to the docks right now. The northwestern gate is on fire. We have to keep back up away from this. I think this is too much. Yeah, I, I think we've got to find others, because we, we can't handle this. As you glance upwards, you see the twisted, almost broken form of a night hag. Are you lonely, miserable, or just plain horny? Well, you've taken the first steps to solving your problems, at least your dating ones. Welcome to D8, devoted, desired, dreamier journey, dapper dates for dejected daters. My name is Roz Grapers, founder, CEO, and love wizard, and president of the Cock Rock Forever Rock fan club and rumoured side piece of lead singer Jebediah Shalo Dark. <laughs> to get started, and for the love of God, if you're starting here, you have to go back, you've missed so many questions. Who is somebody you look up to as a mentor? I look up to my mother, Marilla. She is the best person I know. That's not funny at all. <laughs> um, I look up to my grandma, Mabel, even though she's smaller than me. Um, she, she always told me to follow my heart and not my head. But now that I think about it, that wasn't great. <laughs> I look up to myself because you know what? Who, who's always been there for me? It's me. I've always been there for me. Don't have idols. <laughs> Um, I'd say I'd look up to my brother. Uh, I mean, he took care of both of us. You know, he started a business and now he's running for the city council. So, yeah, he'd be who I'd look up to. He sounds like a great guy. (laughs) I don't think you should really idolize any one person over other. uh, People are made of thousands and thousands of unique interactions and experiences. Just find traits that you admire in people and then... Take them for your own. (laughs) (laughs) That's not where I thought that was going at all. (laughs) 
Nate and Fia, you, along with the surviving uh, platoons of soldiers and city guards, make your way back into the market square as from a side street from the slum and warehouse district, Festa and Kyle, you also converge on it. Fia and Nate, there's about half the amount of people you saw here when you first came into Fuck. the square. And that was only about 10, 15 minutes ago. Shit. Uh, Gruff is kind of standing there and he's like barking orders um, at everybody and he sees both of you again. Well, well I'm, I'm glad to see that you're both alive. I mean, you, you both look a little worse for wear. Oh, we had to flee. There's too many. Well, well that makes sense. Um, we're, we, we, we're, we're trying to come up with a plan. Um, we, we've, one of our men is in the field. We, he's scouting an expert. Rather quaint little fellow, quite fabulous. If not a little odd, but he'll be back with information. And when we have that, we can, we can, we can change up the plan. You, you don't have time. They're like not far behind us. What's happening with the evacuation? Where? That's right. what we're trying to hold time for. And panicking <laughs> is doing no one <laughs> any favors, my dear. Neither is standing in the mud. <clears throat> Compose yourself. And I'm not standing in the mud. And you look down, he's actually on a little box. Fucker. <laughs> Absolute fucker. Now, are we composed? Shall I have Stefan get you some tea? No! And Stefan whips off into the tent. <laughs> what, what, what is with these... Oh. And then I see Hephaestus and I just, I don't look at her. Then I just like glance at her and I just don't even acknowledge her. Uh, yeah, Hephaestus, you can see Nate and Fia talking to this black dragonborn. Uh, in full uh, battle armor. Um, I just start screaming, Fia, Fia, and I bolt at her and like kind of grab her in a hug and then let go like, oh, weird, hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. But then I just like pat her arm and I'm like, Fia. (laughs) I move away from her touching me. Fia. Um, Do you you know her? Uh, Like Commander Groff is pointing. Fia, it's, it's... Oh, I know who you are. Trust me, I haven't forgotten. Why did you just, like, rock off to get another date? What? Seriously, Hafasa, don't play dumb. Yeah, it's not the time. Please! I'm not playing! <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not actually dating. Nice to meet you all. Hell, friendly reception here in Tezrab from the friends of uh, our, my pal here. Yeah, dude, do you know what, dude? I don't really care. Like, the city is burning and, like, in flames, if you haven't Compose noticed. Compose yourself. Compose I am going to compose an arrow into your forehead soon. <laughs> you seem to have enough time to snap at people, so let's let's put that towards something productive then. Oh my god! Oh my god! I walk. What? I walk away from Finally, all. Finally, somebody no. here speaks a little bit of sense. I okay. Look, I want to help. What's what? What can I do? What's what? What can we do? What's going on? Where? What? What happened? Okay, you need to take a breath. Everyone, everyone just... Who is this guy? <laughs> Commander Gruff. And he, again, he brings both of his... Like, he closes his hands into fists, puts them in front of himself, and then just kind of gives you a half bow. Cool. Shut up. Well, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, don't make yeah. me get Stefan to give you a slap. And Stefan <laughs> kind of comes out with a cup of tea and then puts it on the table and then wears the hand up. <laughs> I raise my hand back at him. That's Stefan. Yeah. Okay. Now, I need everybody here with me right now. Is everyone listening? Attention. And he just... Attention, everybody. 
armies of the dead are bearing down on top of us. No <laughs> shit. Stefan. <laughs> and now Stefan kind of points his hand at me. <laughs> Did you touch her? <laughs> and now it's back at you. <laughs> I get that. And we're all a little bit worried. This is a charming little city. And obviously we want as many people to get out alive. Uh, our friends, our loved ones, our family, whatever it is going on between the two of you ladies um, and that gorgeous man beside you. Um, and Commander Groff Kyle gives you kind of a, a little like look over his little spectacles uh, on his face. Just a little kind of little... Kyle flicks his hair. <laughs> well, um, another life, another time. Um, uh, and, and Stefan grumbles. Uh, we have a man in the field gathering information for us. When he has that information, we will renew the plan. The plan was to... And he, how to deal with the rabble revolt. No, the dead are the rabble. And he looks at the apple core. <laughs> so we need to find out what exactly has brought them here. Usually the dead, much like the rabble, are kind of very single-minded. Um, well, there's a hag. I heard sobs. There's no need for names. And he, like, he looks at No, a like an actual hag. But the, what has a hag got to do with the dead? All she said was... What's a sops? Is that another kind of hag? I, I just look at Fia and Nate and I'm like, I, I, did you hear sops? Did you hear? I heard someone calling for Ella. Okay, well, I, I guess, yeah, I'm assuming, but like, that's the only Ella I know of. And then this hag saying that we messed with her family. Kind of darting between the tents, breathing rather heavily. Quillo Isidrum appears holding Sekhmeth uh, Tenderson in his arms. Uh, there are deep wounds all over her body and her breathing is laboured and shallow. She is unconscious. Holy shit, what happened? Well, the man is here. Uh, everybody, this is the man that I was referring to. Oh, Jesus. Quite a happy little chap. Um, Quillo Isidrum. Um, Quillo, what happened? To her? What happened to her? She was attacked. I swear to Duh. God. I swear to God. <laughs> I can't do this. Is she alive? Is she, what's... She's breathing. <laughs> I, look, whatever, there's a weird thing coming from the south. Uh, I, we, we, Commander Groff, uh, you suspected that there might be something controlling the, the dead. Uh, I think we found it. It's a guy with a spear sticking out of his neck. A spear? He's got a gemstone that's glowing. It seemed to deflect Master Tenderson's magic. Oh, she's one of yours. Kyle looks at her faster. <laughs> <laughs> that's my sister, yeah. It oh my gosh, why didn't you say so? And he steps forward uh, and um, cups Sekhmet's uh, cheek in his hand and casts Cure Wounds. Give me a roll. 1d8 plus 2 5 total Wow <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god sus. Some of the wounds like all the open the deep open wounds close but Sekhmet does not regain consciousness her breathing stabilizes a little bit as Kyle glows with this golden aura uh, that then washes over Sekhmet huh. Good you're not entirely useless 
I have so many uses. <laughs> uh, Groff cocks an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. And Stefan grumbles uh, a little bit more. Um, well, there you have it. We now have a plan. We go and find that man with the spear in his neck. And we kill him. Yeah, I mean, I guess. So we're, we're, we're I mean, it's, it's a rather simple plan. I'll, I, I mean, I could send you some of the, and he looks around at some of the rest of the guards, but I think we might need them to make sure more people get to the lifeboats. I mean, you survived the last time. And he looks at Nate and Fia. Some help would be appreciated, though. Colo, well, would you help? You're right. Send the guards to the docks. Um, make sure as many people get out alive. Make sure they do not just skip over the slum district. The 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 city guard here just t- turned a blind eye to the poor. So, and he looks at Commander Groff. Give me your word that they they won't just abandon the poor. Uh, and Groff, just, well, well, of course. How about Bur- how about that's Burke. Ugh. We'll have to sort out that afterwards. Uh, and Quillo just kind of nods. Fine. Then let's go fucking kill this guy. Fia, Nate, Hephaesta, Kyle. Go team. <laughs> uh, and Quillo, uh, you prepare yourselves. And then with Quillo kind of leading you, you march down south to meet this this force, whatever the hell it is, what the, this the source of this undead magic that laid siege to the city. Meanwhile, Cloda, you have you've raced back to the Copper Rabbit, and as you approach, you just hear, "Who goes there?" It's me. Let me in. It's me. Who? It's Cloda Ike. Cloda who? Cl- Ike opened the door. Okay. <laughs> and Ike opened the door. And you see that Jess is standing there with like a big old rolling pin. Um, <laughs> and Ike has the copper rabbit that she made herself, which is basically just a stick with like a, a fork glued to the top of it. <laughs> kind of bent around it. like. She's going to take them both by the hand and like crouch down in front of them and just say, okay. We're going to go to the docks and we're going to fight some people. No, you're not going to fight anybody. I, you're going to get out of here unscathed. So I don't get after murdered. we fight the people. If we meet anyone on the way, sure, you can fight the people. Yes. And she just starts <laughs> swinging the copper rabbit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's going to hold one of each of their hands and she's going to cast heroism. You hold them both. Uh, I kind of hold in their hands. You... You don't know where you muster that energy from, that those emotions, but they're that they're there somewhere, and you draw them straight up. And as that magic washes over you and outwards, you just you there's just kind of a faint glow around Ike and Jess, uh, and you see Ike just, like just kind of like gives herself a little shake uh, as she feels the magic kind of wash over her. Okay, that was yeah, uh, yeah, and like Ike is now pumped, and Jess is like. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. And you're just going to run? Yeah. Holding both their hands, you rush out the door of the Copper Rabbit. It slams shut behind you. As you rush out, you, the docks are down to your right. Um, 
you have to follow some alleyways and pathways towards the warehouse district and then you're on you're into the lake district out of the corner of your eye at the other end of the alleyway there's a figure haunched and twisted standing there um she's just gonna shake her head and like double down on running with the two kids and say whatever you do don't look back why? And Ike just oh, <laughs> And Ike just looks over her shoulder. There's nothing there. Uh, okay, just eyes on the prize, okay? Let's keep going. Yeah, the prize is smacking things and Ike is just swinging the copper rabbit. The fork is falling off. Oh, Jesus. Um, and you're just running. You duck straight down the alleyway. You turn right and you follow that road as far as you can and it's blocked. There's just debris. So you you turn left and you're now kind of going the long way around. What's your passive perception? 15. As you continue to move, every time you turn a corner, in the corner of your eye, just behind you, that twisted form is just there and it's always a little bit closer. And as you move around the left corner of the building uh, and you, you turn right again as if you were heading straight back down towards the warehouse district, you move into an open area, like it's a courtyard between some of the older houses that are kind of that double down as like little stalls where people might sell food to the dock workers from their own homes. And it's the small open courtyard. And you see, uh, it's like a, it's a small alleyway that cuts across some of the main streets and there at the edge of it, you do see people just running and you can make out the, the docks. It's about a 10 minute run from where you are straight. Okay. As you bolt across the courtyard, there's a blur across the roofs and down th- the middle of the alleyway, a twisted form appears blocking you. I'm genuinely creepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just throw the kids behind me and um, cast Thunderclap. Okay. That's an 18. Never mind. <laughs> Does it even do half damage? Half damage. Cantrips generally don't. They're all or nothing. As this thing appears and you push Ike and Jess behind you, you just see these red eyes glaring at you from the, the alleyway. You bring your uh, your like your left leg up, and your hoof smashes into the cobblestone of the courtyard, and from it there's just a thunderous wave of energy outwards, and you follow that up with a, just a clap of your hands that, that just envelops the energy, and it rushes. You see it smack against the wall, and some of the the paint chips off, and some of the the plaster breaks and cracks. The figure is unmoved as it just, this thunderclap smacks straight into it. I had hoped when I smelled the stench off of you that you would have put up more of a fight. And stepping out of the shadows is the broken, twisted form of a night hag this strands of scraggly blonde hair draped across a scalp that seems to sweat, ooze, and boil. Her skin is deathly grey, her eyes blood red, and her nails are long and jagged. 
she brings her hands straight up. They came for my sister. And she charges. We cut to the southern district. And with Quillo leading the the four of you through some of the back streets and side alleys, he's, he stops, kind of brings a fist up and tells you, like, just gives you the thing to be quiet. And then he points and just lumbering up the streets. All of you feel it. This intense energy just moving, filling and spilling outwards. Then the smell of rot and decay. And as the form reaches the alley where each of you, where you've kind of taken shelter and hiding, it stops moving. And the head turns slowly to face you. And as it does, some of the skin breaks and the shoulder splits as a spear jags, like drives itself deeper in. And you see the rotting form of Father Sops looking in and around his neck, a silver necklace and a green gemstone sits pulsing with light. And he holds a finger up. Everybody roll for initiative. <laughs> Can't believe I have to roll initiative for Jess and I as well. Oh, Ooh, God. That's a big five. That's a 18. An 11? Natural one. You never disappoint. Oh, I None of my dice are good to me. I mean, if anything, it's good to like burn a, a natural one on it. That's on initiative, 100%. Yeah, that's true. 16. Wait, what did I get for fucking sops? Oh, yeah, I rolled it. Yeah, I remember now. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're up as you watch uh, Sops, this undead priest from Herb. Well, he wasn't undead the last time you saw him. <laughs> and he didn't have a spear sticking out of his neck either. Okay. Um, he holds his hand up and it begins to glow. I'm going to shoot an assassin arrow at him. Which... Ten? It just hits. Really? Yeah. Oh, deadly. Okay. So that is nine damage and then disadvantage on all attacks and ability checks. You you, you pull one of your remaining assassin arrows out of your bag. Uh, you draw and as his hand lights up, you shoot and he, the arrow splits between his middle finger and his ring finger. Uh, you catch him right in the hand. He doesn't, he doesn't flinch. It is Quillo. Anyone with a passive perception higher than 13? Me. 13 spot on. Uh, yeah, throwing spawn. Okay, and Kyle? Uh, his is only a 12. Okay. Well, everybody else, you watch as Quillo slips down an alleyway. Like, he just disappears into the shadows. Typical. <laughs> um, you, Kyle, you don't see him. It is... Nate, your action. Um, okay. I am just gonna... Sh- I'm gonna cast Bane... We're only dealing with tops here, aren't we? Yep. No, okay, so I'm going to cast Bane on him. He has to do a, a charisma save of 15. That's disadvantage on that. I fucked up. I'm going to do it this turn around, and then I'm going to explain it, but he's immune to poison. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to clock myself, and I'm going to make note of these things, uh, but I'll do it this round, okay. but then he's going to expel it. So yeah, it's like oh yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm not allergic to this thing. <laughs> uh, so charisma saving. Yeah. 
That's a seven plus two, so nine. Oh, that's not, that's, that's close, shoot. I was like, that's eight or a 10. So he fails. And then uh, bonus action. Do you still have that bardic inspiration or does that run out? I used that. Oh, you did use it? Yeah. yeah. Have another one. Thank you. <laughs> um, you concentrate on sops. I, again, it's that like, what the fuck is that? Uh, well, it sops and he's greasy and he's old and now he's got a spear. It's like some sort of weird accessory um, <laughs> that he's dead. But again, there's glowing around his hand. And as uh, as he does this, you you focus on the sounds around you, the, the fire burning, soldiers shouting, people screaming, the just the... the the, the maelstrom of energy and and and, and screaming and sound uh, and you've just concentrated around Sops and you see him kind of wince as he is baned it uh, and then you look to Fia and and cast or offer her bardic inspiration and I've just remembered that Sops is immune to poison oh. so going forward no <laughs> it is Kyle. Because somehow Sop still roll better than Hephaestus. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, Kyle is going to say there's probably not too many people with spears in them. I, I'm going to assume this is we, we've got the right one here. And uh, is going to cast Hold the Dead. Okay. This could be a terrible move. Uh, he has to make a DC 13 wisdom save. Yeah. 14. And he has to subtract a D4 from that. God damn it. So <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> I hate all of you. I mean, I love you all, and this is great. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. 11. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 11. Okay, so... Now, this might be fucking moot because it's necrotic damage and I don't know how he deals with that. Um, but it's 2d12 because he's missing hit points already. Uh, 14 total. Ooh. And I just but Googled it necrotic. very quickly and apparently necrotic damage doesn't heal the undead. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's resistant or immune to it. He could be, but it's 14, yeah. Also, with Toll the Dead, doesn't he have to make a like a wisdom save every turn and take damage each time? No, I don't no, think it's only so, a no. cantrip. Kyle, as you focus uh, on the just the, all that awful energy around um, around this man that everyone's calling Sops or have identified, you, you assume, like you said, there's how many people are walking around with the spear together in their neck, and then you remember, oh yeah, a lot of people are dead, so probably a lot more people <laughs> than you would imagine. Uh, but everyone seems to be focused on this one guy, so this must be that Sops person. And you focus on that, just that powerful magic around him, and you cast Toll of the Dead, and there's just this ringing sound that just nobody else hears but you and Sops. And as it ripples towards him it you feel it deafen and then you see blood kind of leak from his eyes his ears and his mouth but he stays standing okay there's something about that energy that has caught your attention bonus action uh bonus action Nope, none at the moment. And you're all still in the alleyway. You, none of you have moved around like that from... You're all kind of staying put. 
where you work. No. Okay. I asked for a very specific reason. Oh, God. As his hand continues, as like again with the arrow sticking out of it, uh, it continues to glow. Uh, and then there's a putrid, sickly green bubble at the front of it that grows larger. And then it begins to leak and drip. And as it does and droplets of it fall from the uh, from the orb in front of him, it burns and hisses and crackles and spits along the ground as it melts the stone. And he casts Tasha's caustic brew down the alleyway at all of you. Everybody give me a dex saving throw. Oh. Mm. Twelve. Twenty-four. Wow. Six. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Thirteen. Okay, so basically everybody but Fia, you are all sprayed. Like, Fia, you just see this burst of acid just explode out from the, the green orb in front of him. And it sprays straight down the alleyway. Uh, as it does, it catches the walls and it begins to to melt some of the boxes that you were kind of maybe hiding behind are kind of caught and fizz and melt and Hephaestus, Kyle and Nate you are covered in acid and you feel your skin burn as it melts and, and you feel it clinging to you at the start of your turn you are all going to take 4d4 damage and you will continue to take 2d4 damage at the start of each of your turns, unless you spend an action to wipe it off. Can I okay. hellish rebuke? Yo, no. <laughs> of course you can, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to do that at second level. Um, and he takes 3d10. Oh my god. Uh, 11. Okay. As you were um, drenched and covered uh, yeah. in this acid... Uh, is he immune to being charmed? Yes. Okay, I won't bother that. Because he's dead. I was going to do cutting words as a reaction. I don't know why I said that. I should have said find out. <laughs> oh, fuck out. you. <laughs> he just asked so earnestly. Yeah, I know. Fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. Yeah. Button up. That's what's happening here. Button up. <laughs> Sexy whore. That little, little, bit of, little bit of chest hair there at the top. <laughs> Oh, my inspiration. <laughs> it's groving. <laughs> Fia, like I was saying, as you as you saw this film, you you basically bounce from the wall, like off the wall to the other side and you scramble up and you grab onto a window ledge, just kind of hoisting yourself, like pulling your legs straight up and you drop to see that everyone else has just been splashed with this caustic uh, liquid. He shuffles towards the towards all of you. He just moves in. Uh, and he's now kind of standing about at five feet into the alleyway. It is Hephaestus. So how far is he from us? So as of now, he's about 15 feet. Okay. So I just held a tribute. So we'll take your 44. Still, yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> Am I rolling it or are you rolling it? I mean, I can roll it and lie. No kidding. 16. <laughs> give me, give me, give me. Okay, that's 12. 12. Okay, you take 12 acid damage. I do. Oh, I just want to do angry things, but I don't want to die. 
Um, Spend your action getting rid of it. Fine, I fucking wipe it off. (laughs) (laughs) You just, like, as it's burning, you you grab anything you can to just wipe it off. Nature. Yeah. Yeah, and you just, you just flick it off. Like, you're just trying to get all of it off. It's, 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 It's not... Like water, it, this is like a jelly almost. Mm. It's it's thick, um, and you, yeah, you just scrape and flick it off. Your hands are burned. Like there's just they're red and stinging. Bonus action? No. Okay. Cloda, the hag lunges out of the alleyway straight towards you. Jess screams. Ike. <laughs> Grabs you, like just grabs your leg, uh, and you feel her shaking. Um, I'm gonna just grab Ike by the shoulders, and I'm gonna say, "Take Jess and get to the docks. Marilla will find you. Okay, don't look back. I'll be right behind you." And the hag smiles. It's your oh. <laughs> well, they'll they'll go up. They'll run on their action. Um, they did not roll well. They'll be going at the very end. Okay, I'm going to cast um, Guiding Bolt. Okay. Um, and she's making a deck save? Yeah. 15. Oh, fuck you. 14, so 7. So as you kind of push the kids behind you and you, you, you tell Ike to run when she sees it a chance, holding a hand out, light just kind of bends around it, hardens, and then it just whizzes like to the left and then immediately... Uh, slinging your hand violently to the right, a bolt of energy just swings across the the courtyard, and uh, the hag continues to move in. It strikes her like right into the face, and several teeth break, and she spits them onto the ground. <laughs> wow, this is going to be boring. But promise me, you'll scream. Never. <laughs> Bonus action? No, never mind. Okay, you're good? Yeah. She just steps in closer. 21 to hit. Take eight slashing damage as she brings her claws straight up, uh, almost to slap you, but the edges of her fingernails cut and slice across your neck and face. You want them to run? As she approaches, uh, Ike runs around you, grabs Jess and pulls, and just tries to run around the hag, giving them an attack of opportunity. Oh, gosh. That is 26 to hit. Oh, my God. God. You can't be doing this to us. Big man, is it? (laughs) Big man man beating on on a little kid, is it? Yeah. Ike runs and immediately Clodagh you see and like like pulling Jess by the arm you see the night hag's neck just snap straight towards them and as one hand slashes straight across you she brings her other hand straight down and she violently swings for Ike like literally going for the back of her head and her neck Jess shoves her (gasps) and he's just caught right across the shoulder and the neck and he is sent hurtling into a wall. Ike screams, and the night hag laughs.
Fia. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> Can I just say, you all got on the rag about me for, like, shooting a dog. He has just killed a child. Yeah, but that's, that's not his him, job. that's a hag. Yeah. He rolled the dice to do it. <laughs> As a hag. Yeah. You chose it's, to shoot the dog. Yeah, it's role-playing. I'm care. role-playing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a role-playing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, oh, that is. I'm gonna roll my bardic inspiration to add on to that hit for saps. Okay, yeah. So twenty unnatural twenty to hit. Yep. With fifteen damage. Ooh. Nice. You're firing an arrow. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Again, landing off the ledge, kind of straight down into a crouch. You bounce up, draw another arrow pull back on the raven's talon and it just blurs out of the shadows and strikes Sops, this time catching him dead centre of his ribcage. And he takes a step back as he stumbles out of the alleyway and then continues to lumber forward. Quillo. Everybody give me a perception check. Not me. No, no. You're all the way over there watching that horrible thing. Eight. Twenty-eight. Fifteen. Okay. 13. So basically only, only only person who sees it is Fia. There's a blur. Like, like, well, you'll all see this, but you feel it first before you any, anyone sees anything else. A very, very familiar thing. There's just kind of a, it's just like it's an innate thing that you pick up on Fia as it's triggered. And somewhere... Just within within maybe fifteen feet, there's you feel a, a, a spell that only you've ever really known. As Quillo casts blessing of the Raven Queen and manifests right behind Sops, and all of you see Quillo just blur into existence. Like there's just kind of a, 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 a puff of purple and black clouds and smoke. From his side, he pulls a a blade in a sheath, uh, like a leather uh, pouch, and he draws it out. It glows with a faint blue, and there are runes etched into it. And he whispers, Kyle, you just feel a, like an intense amount of magic. It's between Sops and this thing that Quillo is holding. There's just this maelstrom of arc- arcane power burning and bubbling and hissing and just clashing. And as he sheathes the blade, you just see a large wound open up across Sops's front, tearing open like his armor and his cloth uh, underneath, exposing some of his skin. And you just see a large, deep gash form on his chest. And then just uh, Sops coughs a mouthful of blood out onto the ground in front of him. His head falls back and a cloud of poison gas just sprays upwards, catching Quillo off guard. It's a reaction thing I have for some. But he does take... So happy with himself. I am very happy with myself because I'm <laughs> learning things. Uh, he does take quite a bit of damage. Um, however, our friend Quillo... Friend. He's only going to take half damage, so that's not too bad. Um... That's not great for Quillo. Oh no. Quillo coughs and splutters and falls back. 
and his everything kind of starts to go fuzzy uh, and his vision doubles and he staggers backwards out of the cloud of poison that has just erupted around Sops. He coughs and into his hand there is just a splattering of blood. It is Nate. Just quick um, thing. Mark of the Fool is gone. Is it? Yes. Yeah. I no longer have that. Okay. Um, I will take my take my lumps. Ooh, so that's three, five, eight, and that's eleven damage. I'm going to okay. take, and I will use my action. How many? Is that? Eight damage. Um, I'm going to do that. I will spend my action to scrape off the acid. Scrape off the acid. And I don't think I really have anything outside of giving someone Barry Conspiration. I'm just going to double check. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Barry Conspiration to uh, Fee again. Don't you already have it? I used, used it the it. last Oh, you used it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, there's a top up for Fia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. The only uh, person I trust anymore. Let's <laughs> see how it is. <laughs> do you get up? Do you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? Okay, so Nate, yeah, you, you, like, you just rub the acid off you onto the wall, like you're trying to flick it onto the ground, uh, and then you watch as Fia, again, she readies another arrow, and you cast Bardic Inspiration at her. Kyle. Kael is, like, shaking his hands to fling some of the acid off as he takes uh, four plus... What was it, four D4? Yeah. Okay. Plus five, nine damage. And as he takes it, he winces, uh, stinging as his flesh is seared, and he says, You bastard, this dress is new! Uh, he is going to use his action to wipe the rest away and is going to use two sorcery points actually first of all he's going to say to uh, Quillo that that spell you used necrotic or, or what's the deal um I'll roll Quillo's constitution to see if he's able to speak right now. Cool. No. Uh, Quillo is like hacking up his lungs. He, he like he's he's trying to get air back into his body. Okay. Well, let me know when you can. And <laughs> is going to burn two sorcery points to cast a spell as a bonus action. And he is going to cast at. Second level. Um, actually, I think he's going to get right on up to Sops uh, and press his hand to the already open wound in his chest and try inflict wounds. Okay. As you as you approach, give me a Constitution saving throw. Ah, Christ. Okay. <laughs> um, sixteen. Okay, um, one second. Please hold. <laughs> Take three poison damage um, as you inhale some of the poison cloud around Sops. Yeah, no, I should have seen that one coming all right. Um, the <laughs> well, you're just, you're just furious because he's fucked up your dress. Fair. The roll for inflict wounds was a 14 to hit. Yes. 
God damn it. Okay. Uh, And at second level, inflict wounds is 4d10, but it's also necrotic, so we're still not really sure what the crack is there. Um, So that's... uh, Ooh, 16 plus... um, 16 plus 14 is 30, but I'm still not really sure what's actually happening with it, so this could be... Good or bad. You, 30 necrotic damage. Like you literally, uh, Kyle, you rush, cough and hack as the point. And you're like, oh yeah, that's why, that's why Quillo <laughs> can't speak because his <laughs> lungs are burning as your lungs start to burn from the poison. And you just grab uh, the wound. Uh, like you just literally slap your hand against the wound on Sops' chest. The the magic emanating from it, there's a, tr- a trace amount it feels relatively psychic. Ah, okay. It's that's what you're. That's what you're. It's just as you connect with the energy, and you cast inflict wounds. That's what you kind of trace from it. And as you lash out with inflict wounds, you see hundreds of cuts uh, and boils open on uh, Sops's skin uh, up along his neck and face. Uh, and as they open as quickly as they do, some close. But a few stay open, and there are a few open sores on his body. Okay. Julie noted. It is, it is Hephaestus. Hang on, sorry. First of all, can you step outside oh. that cloud? Does he still have movement? Uh, you only move 15 feet, so yes, you can. Cool. Okay, yeah. He will step outside that cloud towards the back, <laughs> like outside of the alley. And, yeah. Opportunity? Yes. You would, he would, thank you, Sam. <laughs> Sops would get an attack of opportunity. Except for, I assume <laughs> his reaction was used on that gas cloud. God damn it. That <laughs> 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 rules me, Sam, you little. Come into my house. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm just, you know, it made it all the more sweeter that you did get away. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mom. Okay, so I'm going to cast Cloud of Daggers on Zops. Um, hope no one's in the area. It's only a five foot cube. Everyone's out of the way, right? Quillo's like stumbled. Yeah. Barely. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this is why everybody fucking hates you. What are you talking about? Go for it. Um, so that's it. It happens, but he takes 44 of damage every time he starts his turn. And that's it. a concentration spell. Yes. So okay. please don't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I go before you. Sops Damn it! Gets to, Sops gets to go before you. Um, please don't hit me. <laughs> I'm going to take you out first. <laughs> um, I'm so squishy, please. Ah. Oh, God, squish, squish. Kyle, make a wisdom saving throw. Balls. Jesus. Balls, this is what I get for knowing things. <laughs> <laughs> Unnatural 20. <laughs> I mean, we can't see his dice. Uh, Sops, uh, as you take a step back, uh, why did we call him Sops? It doesn't make really great for the scene of tents and all. We? <laughs> uh, collectively. Uh, his eyes lock on you, and for a moment, you feel this, you feel that energy around him just swirl. As he draws on, uh, as he fixes on you and you feel his thoughts connecting with yours and just this desire for revenge to find uh, his love, Ella. 
and you feel yourself almost consumed by by all of this and then you're like who the fuck is Ella <laughs> as his crown of badness does not take hold that's oh. good news um, Kyle uh, blows him a little kiss <laughs> who needs Ella I'm right here <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kyle <laughs> that's fine Hephaesta I would like to cast Cloud of Daggers. <laughs> um, so every time he starts his turn, as long as he's in that five foot cube, he takes 44. Oh, Kyle, oh, you, did you, oh, you, you scraped, sorry, you, sorry, you scraped off, he scraped off the acid. I forgot. Yep. He did. Sorry. Okay. Now, Hephaestus, what would you like to do in your <laughs> turn? <laughs> Stab you. <laughs> I would like to cast Cloud of Daggers. <laughs> if it's okay with everybody at the table. <laughs> We can use that yes. as our action, certainly. But okay, Hephaestus, your action. I want to cast Cloud of Daggers on Sops. So it's a five foot cube on him. Um, he takes 44 slashing damage at the start of every turn, as long as he's in it. Okay. Yep. That's it. It happens. Yeah, you roll for it. Um, no, it just happens. Uh, it happens on his. But you yeah. roll for your damage. Okay, but it doesn't happen until he starts his turn. Oh. Okay, well, I was going to hear... Oh, when it enters the spells area. Yeah. Never mind. So smack in the middle of it. <laughs> that was a great lot of damage there. <laughs> was it? Six, seven, eight. Um, okay. You uh, just fixating on him. Um, and as you watch, as he as he swirls magic around himself, uh, you see Quillow and Kyle coughing uh, and gasping for air. Uh, Nate just burned from the acid as well Fia drawing arrows um, still wondering what the absolute fuck is going on you focus on Sops and there is an intensity around you of hatred roll a d20 19 okay you you keep a hold of it as the emotion threatens to overcome you 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 feel the control kind of return and immediately around sops each of you just see these magical daggers just explode and immediately fly in all directions around him slicing and cutting into him uh, as his blood just kind of sprays uh, and uh, gushes out of him uh, the blades continue to whirl as he brings his hands and a small quarter staff up to kind of defend and deflect himself, uh, the blades from him Loda, we cut back to you in the courtyard. Uh, Ike uh, looks horrified at the body of Jess lying against the the wall of the building. Uh, the night hag cackles. Is he on? They're to your right. But I don't have to pass her. Like no. I'm not going to attack again. She's not going to get an attack of opportunity if I go to. Him. You're in her space, so yes. Um. Where's that scream? <laughs> I'll go easy on the little one if you scream now. I'm completely panicking. Um, I am going to cast um, emboldening something. It's one of my necklace um, spells. Okay. Emboldening bond. 
So as an action, you choose two willing creatures within 30 feet of you, creating a magical bond among them for 10 minutes until you use this feature again. While any bonded creature is within miscellaneous feet of another, <laughs> once per turn, they can roll a d4 and add it to an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw they make. Okay. So, and then um, give her my bardic inspiration. You're giving it to Ike? The wound on your face and your neck throbs as the night hag kind of continues to kind of saunter, like she's just literally weaving around you. And you grab the necklace from, from, from like under the, the collar of your the dress. You pull it free and you feel the magic just pulse in your hand. And then it dissipates as quickly as it comes to you. And you just see, a kind of a, again, the aura around Ike shimmer, kind of a silver light. And you hum a soft song that just reverberates around the courtyard as Ike continues to cry uh, and she runs towards Jess. This isn't any fun for me. You could at least cry. The little one is crying. You're going to pay for making her cry. Um, And that is a... 23 to hit. Wow. Yes, it is. And take 20 points of damage. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the hag gets in really close. And as you speak the words, you feel her claws wrap around your neck and she squeezes very, very tightly. They came for my sister, and they hurt her. This is the very least I can do for her. And she squeezes, and you feel the air catch in your throat as her claws dig in, and she drags them straight down from your neck, down your chest, into your stomach, and then she rips violently and shoves you forward uh, into the wall as you hear Ike scream and you see a like a shimmering light around her as magic begins to build around Ike mm-hmm. and she puts a hand on Jess and accidentally casts Spare the Dying <laughs> literally no idea how she's doing it um, and she's just she's just wailing and crying and you just, you feel heavy. You feel the world just press down on you. And you fight and you struggle. And you can hear your grandma's voice just, Get up. Ugh, oh, get up. And then it's not her voice anymore. And you just hear, You absolute bitch. Get your hands off my daughter. And you black out as Marilla Whistlecoil appears in the courtyard, two glowing potion bottles clutched in her hands. Marilla just holds uh, the potion bottle aloft and just chucks it, like literally chucks it right across the courtyard. It hits you. (laughs) Um, Just potion bombs. It's a a full-on potion bomb that casts cure wounds when it cracks 
and you recover 11 hit points, wow. uh, Clona, oh, thank you. as you are struck with the bottle. <laughs> Love you, Mom. And then you lose 10 more from the glass. <laughs> um, and the, the hag hisses uh, at Marilla. You stink of him as well. Then I'll have all of you. Marilla is like, that's not stink. That's just grease. Fear. Um, so Kyle or Quillot are no longer within five feet. No. Of, that's fine. I'm just going to just do a straight hit if I can. Yeah, which hits. That's um, 22 to yeah. hit. And then that is nine damage. And then for my bonus action, I'm going to try and hide. <laughs> okay. So do you want me to give you... No, nope, give Anthony? me one second. Um, okay, so... Uh, you draw an arrow and again, sorry, you you already had it drawn, but that arrow pulls back, you let it loose uh, and it catches, like again, you've, one, you've an arrow protruding out of his chest uh, and now you've got one sticking out of his, like his neck and chin. It's like where his chin meets his neck, just there. And you just hear like an audible, like, <gasps> as he stumbles backwards. And for a moment, his whole body goes limp and then it just straight back up again as Sops continues to move and stand and give me a yeah give me a stealth check okay. if you're in for 18 e, okay yep thank you you are hidden Quillo is going to make a constitution saving throw on a 14 yep he's fine uh, he shrugs off the poison and then just uh, looks around sees Sops, several arrows, some of you in the alleyway, and he draws uh, his crossbow, shortbow, rather, he draws his shortbow, misses, <laughs> as he kind of still, his vision's still a bit blurry, releases the arrow, it flies, uh, and it hits the wall next to the alley, like on the building. It's like a an art gallery. It just cracks, the arrow hits and breaks, and he hold, tries to hold himself up. Nate. I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers at third level. Um, so he has to make a, a wisdom save against uh, 15. Nope, he fails on a 7. Okay, he takes 5d6 damage. So, um, yeah, just sort of a discordant... Uh, I've, I got it. Uh, sort of a discordant melody sort of rattles around inside his brain and 5d6 psychic damage. She never Ooh, ouch. That's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, four, eight, uh, eleven, uh, seventeen, eighteen damage. Whew. And then he also has to run away from me as far as possible. Well, I use all his movements to run away from me. He starts to run into the city, like he's running away from you, uh, and you see he's limping, like he's full on. Like I say, running. He's running what sops would run, and that's like a little old man hobbling. Is he running past anyone? He's not running. There, there. No one's within five feet of him, unless they want to get poison damage. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. Don't come for me right now, okay? I, <laughs> I, I thought I did something awesome, but I, I get to live. And just Kyle is next, is he? Yes. Kyle can have bardic inspiration as well. Uh, Kyle, you watch. Uh, you him. all hear this this kind of scratching melody erupt from Nate, and then blast towards Sops, who crouches down, grabs his ears. Uh, and just starts screaming Ella. Like, he's just like, Ella! Uh, and then runs towards the city. Kyle. Okay. 
Uh, how far away is he? He used his full movement speed, so he is 35 feet away from you. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, we can close... Well, we can get 30 feet closer, so he'd be... Oh, no, I don't want to get Five feet. within the cloud if I can avoid it. <laughs> so we'll we'll stay 10 feet away. Um, okay. And then he is going to cast Divine Favor. He takes his whip from his side, runs a hand over it, and it starts to shine with holy light. And he says, that's the thing about the undead. And he cracks the whip in the ground. You've got to hit them just right. And he uh, attempts to make an attack with the whip, which would be... Pretty horrendous if it failed. You have bardic inspiration. Uh, oh, I think I'm going to need it. I only got 10. What's the inspiration? D8. On brand. Uh, nice. 13. Fuck the brand. <laughs> Roll for damage. So it's 2d4 plus 2. Uh, oof, 6 total. <laughs> The the whip burns with a white light uh, as you uh, flex it back and forth, snaps at the ground, and then just with a flick of his wrist, Kyle just sends the, the whip lunging outwards uh, as it slashes up along uh, Sops' back. And he, as it slices through him, he continues to run, and then that run becomes a stumble, and then that stumble becomes a complete stop as he falls forward and the cloud of poison around him dissipates and you just hear caught on the wind and he stops moving absolutely foul (laughs) (laughs) did we kill him? is it like so I just walk up to him like (laughs) Quillopin starts coughing the amulet, like, we, it has to be the thing controlling the dead. Okay, so I go up and I, like, poke him with my foot just to make sure. It's a rotten corpse. Okay, great. <laughs> um, can I use my sickle to, like, pull it off of him so I'm not touching him? Because, like, yeah, <laughs> Fine, you, you drag it around his neck. It's just a silver necklace with a green gemstone set. I'll just sit it down and smash into it with a dagger? You just hack at the, the necklace and... The gem cracks. Doesn't seem special. You don't feel any magic coming from it. I just kind of poke it around like the bits of it. I'm just like, I don't know if this is it. While she's doing that, I've I've come out of hiding and I'm helping Kulo up off the ground. (sighs) We've we've got to get back to Commander Groff. Uh, We need to check on Sekhmet. Um, He's dead. So that means the the rest have to be dead, right? You, you've you've destroyed the amulet. It, yeah, it's there. It's broken, but it didn't feel magical or anything. As you say this, from the alleyways to the west, you just see more ghouls and ghasts shuffling towards you all. What are you doing? I suppose heading back to command. I mean, we did what we came to do. Uh, Run. <laughs> yeah, back yeah. into to the market district, I guess. Grab the necklace and, and Quillo, just like he coughs a little bit more and he leans heavily on you this time, uh, Fia. Uh, Sekhmet might know what to do. 
yeah, I, I grab it and some of the pieces off the ground even and okay. we head back. And you're heading back. Cloda, you... Everything was dark and then now it's not and you just see Marilla. She has like a deep wound um, across her belly and she's holding the the night hag's hand like she's grasping it um and uh with her other hand she's like trying to batter with the the (laughs) copper rabbit she's literally trying to bash her with the copper rabbit uh it is your action uh you see ike is still standing over jess Uh, jess looks to be breathing you can see their chest moving up and down um so i am going to use my bonus action first does that make sense yeah. Um, and take a second bead from my necklace and cast Branding Smite and shove the bead into the handle of the mace that I have. Okay. Marilla watches you as you grab a bead and you you place it into the mace. Like there's a little recess when you shove it in and the mace just like, it's like, fumph. it's like, a, it's almost like that thing from that franchise where they <laughs> use powerful swords. Uh, and it just glows with a, like a, like a powerful radiating energy. Marilla just locks her eyes on you and then sees I can Jess and the state that Jess is in. Cloda, get them out of here. I'll handle this thing. Please. I got this. Okay. Uh, and she takes the last bead and... Marilla, are you sure about this? No. <laughs> but I was itching for a fight and she's now kind of like, she's trying to press against the night hag. Clara, take care of my kids. Oh, Jesus. Um, she casts... Sorry, give me a sec. She casts Planner Ally. Pulling on the last bead from the necklace that your grandma Mabel gave you, you it glows <laughs> and it like light just kind of begins to like emanate off of it. And the night hag like looks over her shoulder and starts spitting at you as the magic begins to waft off of it. And Marilla she's like I'm your dad's partner, bitch. And just like headbutts her. Um, and out of nowhere, like literally a portal just opens in the courtyard and a fucking unicorn just walks out. What the fuck? As you summon your planner ally, a unicorn, uh, it literally, it trots over to you, uh, lowers its head and Ike is like, can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I did that. And like, Ike is like grabbing Jess. I'm like, Jess, look at unicorn. Like, literally trying to shake Jess away. Oh, and the, yeah, the unicorn lowers itself for you to be able to climb on. And Jess and Ike, hey, I love you. You bastard. I love you too. And the night hag just lets out a scream as the unicorn runs towards the wall. And then runs right upwards um, wow. and like literally vertically up the wall. Uh, you are kind of clutching on like Jess between you and Ike. And Ike is just like, Ike is just like, oh my God, can we do this again? This is so fun. And the 
Night Hag uh, is going next. And that is a 17 to hit Merla, which does. Eight plus. Are you okay, Alice? Yeah. Um, sorry, Cloda, not to be character. <laughs> <laughs> After Mirla cracking her right into the head, like, I mean, literally. Like, now, as much as Mirla can headbutt anybody, Mirla <laughs> just butted her. The hag turns back and just looks at her and with her one free hand, brings it right up under Marilla's uh, throat and buries her claws into her. I am Moira, sister to Morag. We will have vengeance and she squeezes and Marilla starts to gasp for air as Moira's claws bury themselves into Marilla's throat for 12 damage. Marilla wheezes and she reaches for something uh, in her dungarees and it's just well I'm Marilla Whistlecoil and she pulls out a pink gemstone from her pocket and breaks it. And immediately the crystals rush up along her arm, encasing her, entombing her in a large crystal form that spreads across the arm of Moira, the night hag. And Moira, like, wrenches, like she literally violently pulls her arm away. The crystal shatters and there's just a stump where her arm was. And as she recoils and screams in agony in the uh, in the courtyard, she desperately clambers to the alleyway in the shadows. And Marilla just starts laughing. <laughs> My terms. And as Moira, the night hag, rushes to the alleyway, uh, desperately seeking out magic, nothing comes to her. And Marilla watches as Moira is entirely buried beneath the shell of these pink crystal gems. And as she feels the pressure build on her and the crystals grow around her, she tilts her head backwards. The pressure on her chest making it difficult to breathe, she looks upwards into the night sky and as towers of smoke across the city just plume upwards, she sees the stars. And then she starts to think of a life lived, and it's not memories of her former gang days, it's not traipsing through the, the Galeshire countryside wreaking havoc, it's, it's those moments when she first opened the copper rabbit and a rambunctious uh, half-elf demanded a place on her stage, uh, a dishevelled, scrawny, malnourished-looking little twerp. Uh, And she, uh, she immediately took to him. And when he came back the next day, and the next day, she quickly realized that this young boy was looking for something more than just a stage and it was in that moment that Marilla Whistlecoyle felt something just shift slightly in her own heart 
And the copper rabbit wasn't going to just be a dive bar. It wasn't going to just be her bar, her home. It was going to be a place for kids like Nathaniel, for the unwanted, the unappreciated, the unmissed, the unloved. And there she would give them all the things that she didn't have and that they didn't have. And over the years, a network of family just grew up all around her and have continued to grow up. And as she watches and searches the night sky for any sign of Cloda, Jess and Ike, she feels the darkness encroach around her. And as she takes her last breath, she just to nobody but the wind. My city. My best. My Nate. And she is covered in crystals. And Marilla Whistle Coil dies. Five of you return to the market square. Behind you, the dead continued to shuffle. And for the moment, for the faintest moment, and Nate, you feel the mark on your back just pulse for a second. And then there's nothing. And you just watch as the dead, almost like a wave, like a really awful Mexican wave of death, <laughs> just collapse, like literally one after the other. They, they just drop to the ground. And Groff, well, you did it then. They're all dead. Excellent. T? Something stronger? And we'll leave the episode there. <laughs> that was pretty baller. That's it for this week's episode. You've been listening to Amber as Hephaestus Tinderson, Sam as Nathaniel Obsidian McKnight, Louise as Fia Isidrim, James as Kyle Adoris, and a special guest, Eilish, as Cloda Metamoon. A big thank you to Ghost of Red Mountain for our amazing theme song, Haunted. Make sure you check out their YouTube channel. I'm Declan, your Dungeon Master. We're back in two weeks for another episode. Until then, why not check out our Discord server at D8 Dungeon? You can back the show for some sweet rewards on Patreon. Leave us a heartfelt review wherever you listen to your podcasts or tweet us your thoughts and emotions at D8 Dungeon.
you get a chance. It's important. Fiona, seriously, this is like the 14th message. Things are getting way out of hand now. Okay, Fiona, I'm not playing anymore. Your antics are putting my business and my reputation on the line. If you want to strip down to your unmentionables and parade through the Tezrav Temple District at high noon, that's totally fine and I encourage you to do so. But if you could stop bringing the dates I set you up with along for the joyride, that would be great. Also, while flattery gets you a discount, my face tattooed on the left cheek of your arse may actually count as copyright infringement and gross indecency. Don't make me get the liar's girl.